Fahani Ellis is a new pop culture fashion designer and tailor. Poised with style, color, and that certain it factor who is taking the universe by storm. With a creative style sewn from a different cloth, Fahani is living out her dreams one seam at a time. This designer from Louisville, Kentucky, went from transforming mom jeans at age 15 to living art to now her work gracing the covers of magazines, blogs, primetime TV, and high-profile celebrities. In high school, Fahani had big dreams of having one of the most sought-after clothing lines, but thought her dreams would be short-lived when the money didn't allow her to attend the university of her choice. But she never gave up, took matters into her own hands becoming self-taught, and is now currently wrecking fashion havoc alongside some of our favorite stars like Diddy, Cardi B, Rick Ross, Tammy Roman, and more. Let's talk fashion, faith, and being fearless on today's show. Welcome to Table Talk with Tati, a podcast for millennials where we bring real life topics on the table for real talk. I am your host, Natasha Tati Weston, lifestyle entrepreneur and three times best-selling author. I'm a sucker for business, branding, and self-development, but I created this space to escape from the worlds we create for ourselves on the daily. Table Talk with Tati is the epitome of having the girl next door right in your back pocket. So kick back, pour up, and join me each week for real talk, current events, and powerful conversations about life, business, and all that other ish. been a while since we've actually connected off of social media so I wanted to bring Fahani on the show today to talk to you guys about faith transition and we're going to talk a little bit about fashion and style because I kind of drill that into a lot of my clients heads about how important your look is sometimes as far as elevating your career and just making you feel more confident as an individual and so Fahani welcome to the show I'm so so super excited to have I know, you here. Right? I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. So for those of the listeners who've never heard you heard of you before, um, I'm going to give my take on how we met. We actually came into contact, I'll say, I want to say like back in 2011, 2012-ish, I want to say. Um, I had been in New York City, as you guys know, I lived there for a while pursuing a career in fashion styling, um, intern for BET and wardrobe for a very small amount of time. And as I was leaving that opportunity, Fahani was coming to New York City, I think not long after I left. And so we kind of, you know, exchanged there and we've just been connected on social media for obviously since then, it's been some years now. And so I've watched Fahani transition from her hometown, Louisville, Kentucky, to New York. And then now she's currently in Atlanta. And y'all, when I tell you she is killing it, she's not only super talented as it relates to fashion, but just watching her faith walk has been so inspiring, especially to someone like me who is very purpose-driven and pretty much, I'll say 95% of everything that I've accomplished has solely come from having like really strong faith, even at the roughest um, time. So let's start with, can you tell Mm -hmm. the listeners just a little history 
on where you come from and where you are currently. Okay, so I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky, like you said. Um, I didn't grow up with, you know, I think everybody has that kind of like rags to riches or whatever you want to say, but definitely didn't grow up in an environment where um, there was even a space to have like really a dream or um, be around, um, you know, individuals that really uh, made it possible to believe a dream. So um, that's kind of like my background is just like, you know, in the projects and, you know, all of a sudden, uh, when I went to high school, somehow I took a liking to just cutting things. And I think that's from, you know, that's when the first seed got planted that, you know, this is who I was going to be. And, um, from there, from 15 to 33, it's been the same dream, um, you know, practically my whole life. Right. So, um, you know, from there, you know, went through a series of different, you know, encounters, uh, which just kind of led me to just keep believing. And, um, you know, on your walk, you meet people, people come into your life for a season. I think I understand it now. Right. Um, and they just maybe plant a little seed, you know, whether it's an ex-boyfriend, a friend or whatever it may be. So I think over the years of diff- different encounters I had planted the seed, like, yo, this is really a thing. And so um, from there, you know, became like a hometown, you know, I guess a uh, socialite and kind of really took advantage of my city, which propelled me um, to the next step, which was New York. And then from New York, you know, I think uh, that was my first time really getting my hands into the industry um, and, and and so forth. So from there, it just kind of kept going and going and going. And, um, and it's led me down a path of really just pursuing um, fashion design, but not only just fashion design, I think more um, when I think about my brand, it's about faith, food, and fashion. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just kind of like, you know, those little uh, cliff jumps, the people that came in my life has really just, you know, helped me to get to where I am today. So, you know, small town dream led into, you know, uh, a big time thing now. Right. So, um, right. yeah. Absolutely. So small town, small town dream. Mm-hmm. I come from that as well, obviously. I I basically uprooted my dream of, you know, at that time becoming a fashion stylist from, you know, mm-hmm. South Carolina isn't technically a fashion forward, you know, city. So Louisville isn't, you know, technically a fashion capital or anything either. Mm-hmm. So how important would you say it is to sometimes in certain instances uproot your dreams and kind of take them outside of your hometown and how did you like what made you make this initial transition what do you think was like the turning point for you to say hey I've got to get out of Louisville and go somewhere where I can thrive a little bit more you know um I wasn't a person that you know thought about leaving to be to be honest with you that was never my goal was to leave Mm -hmm. um I think in the beginning you know I was very delusional in a good way meaning I didn't overthink anything I didn't put too much thought into it if I said it I did it Mm -hmm. um that was my mentality at that point you know and then I think as we get older um we allow fear and the dream to die and we allow the voices to dictate but back then Um, I just went and went and went and went. So, you know, I think at the time, you know, when I talk about people coming into your life for seasons, I was in a relationship with uh, a boyfriend at a particular time. And he was the person that I think really grew my self-esteem, my faith within myself to say like, oh my God, I'm really going to be somebody major because that's all we would talk about. Like, we're going to be big, we're going to be, you know, going to all the things we would do. But I think at the 
at the core of it, I didn't really believe it. I was just saying it because it sounded good in a relationship. You know, we were having a good time. We were young. Um, And so I think for I didn't put any much thought into it. It was like, I'm going to call BET. And that's exactly what I did. I literally Googled BET's office and called them and asked for wardrobe and got, you know, the supervisor on the first ring. So I think, you know, what I would say, you know, now knowing what I know now is just like stay connected to the light within you, like the lighthearted light and and not be so, um, you know, as we get older, we just we lose that, that innocent light within us. And so I think, um, that was the first thing is that I just trusted or I just went with it. Even if I didn't trust it, I was just like, Hey, let's call him. Yeah. And I think, again, I didn't put much thought into it. I spoke to her. She told me to send something. I didn't overthink it. I just did it, you know? And then it wasn't until I moved, um, you know, and I think I've, told the story before, you know, a long time ago when we had uh, a talk is that, you know, um, when I went to New York, literally, it was just like, I I got the call that I would be getting the job maybe around November. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was scheduled to leave in June that following year. So I think it was like 2010, maybe, I, you know, found out that I would be going. And then I was to be starting work that summer, which was June 2011, I believe. And, um, you know, she it was simple. You come to New York, I'll give you a job. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to New York. You know what I mean? Um, and it it was really it. Like, I I don't, I didn't think too much, like, you know, and then, um, like I said, I think I was very delusional in in faith and meaning that I was just like, okay, I believed it. Okay, cool. I'm going, you know? And so I had prepared to save all of this money from November to June. I think I saved $300 literally to my name. That was it. Um, and then all of a sudden, again, people coming into your life, planting little seeds and, what you take hold on will root up. And so I called, you know, a friend of mine and she was like, you know, and when something is supposed to happen, there always be an exit. There always be a guidance that is saying, okay, either you can take it or you don't, we have decisions to make. And so a friend of mine was like, Hey, why don't you sell your car? Hmm, let me, let me, let me think about that. You know, I had had a, a practically brand new car, um, you know, and so I was like, well, let me, you know, make a phone call because my grandmother actually helped me get this car. And if it's okay for, with her, then I'm going to sell this car. And so my granny was like, you know, Hey, go for it. You know, it's your car, whatever. And then I remember the last person I talked to that day was my brother. And, um, you know, at that point I was, you know, trying to, uh, I think make my brother proud of me because he had accomplished so much in his life. And, here I was trying to figure out life. So his words to me were like life at that point. And so he was like, you know what? Um, uh, at the end of the call, he said, if you don't get out of here, you're never going to leave. So basically you need to figure it out. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm selling the car. And I remember it was, so, you know, my whole like journey is just very, just like a God moment. And it was, I was like, God, you know, I'm going to, post my car on Facebook. And first I was like, who's going to buy a car for $5,000? Nobody's going to buy a car for $5,000. And when something is for you, oh my God, you just know it's for you. And I literally posted the car the next day. I don't even think it was the next day. Um, a young lady reached out to me and was like, I want to buy your car. 
And I was like, wait. And and I was just like, I don't, you know, in my mind, I kind of had a little doubt, like, oh, they're going to waste my time or whatever. And she literally, and I remember I told God, because my car was like my sanctuary. So I prayed in my car. I did so much in my car. So it, it was a part of me. And I, I remember I said, God, that whoever gets this car, I want them to treat it with, you know, value and respect. And because I really love this car and, it, and it's a part of me, you know, and I don't want it just to go to anybody. And I remember the little girl came to my house to look at the car and she looked at her dad and said, I want it. Like, that was it. She was like, I want it. And, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, like within a day, the car was gone, you know? And I, and I remember I asked her father, I said, you know, well, I'm not, and this was in May. I wasn't scheduled to leave until the end of May. I said, well, I have a few more weeks, um, you know, before I leave, do you mind if I keep the car until I'm getting ready to leave? And they had bought the car. He was like, yeah, no problem. You can keep the car and, you know, whatever. And so I was just like, wait, what? You know, and, and like I said, I, I, I didn't even know where I was going to live. A friend of a friend referred me. I had never saw the apartment before I moved to New York. You know, so it was really just blind faith. And I was just trusting, you know, without saying I was trusting, I just believed, you know what I mean? I believed that it was for me. I didn't think about the negative of what could happen and, you know, all of these things. And like I said, I had never saved a dime. And people were like, girl, you're not going to New York up until the, the month I was leaving. Like, girl, you ain't going nowhere. And I'm thinking, well, dang, maybe I ain't going nowhere. I don't know. So I think, you know, that was the moment that that, that seed was planted. And then once I got to New York, how I realized that it was definitely time um, and I'll back it up, you know, when I realized like at some point in your hometown, you have to make people respect you and see you. Oh yeah. Um, and so in the beginning of me, you know, coming out as a designer and trying to get people my clothing, no one was like, I had, I, I remember I would post stuff on Facebook and like the first person to comment, I'm giving you a free dress. No one would comment. You know, so I remember those days that I would ask people remote, like all the time, can I have a show here? And I just have this tenacity in me that um, I like to prove people wrong. Like that drives me um, a a lot in my life. So when I kept hearing no, I said, oh, I'm going to make you see me now. So you don't see me right now, but I'm going to make you see me. And so I realized at that point I had to start going outside of my hometown. And that's when I started to come to Atlanta and do stuff for different, you know, artists here. And then all of a sudden, my hometown started to come around. And I'm the type, you know, some people, I tell people all the time, like, don't take it personal that people don't support you right off the bat. Because at the end of the day, money is money. And you may not give me your money right now, but I promise you, you're going to give it to me eventually. And that's just my, that's my motto. Like, I don't get mad if you don't support me, because I know that you're going to come back around. And so um, when I went outside of my hometown and started doing stuff in Atlanta, then that made my hometown, I think, you know, of course, respect me more. They wanted everybody wanted to be a part of the Fahani movement trend or whatever it was at the time. And I I enjoyed it. I wrote I wrote my wave and I took it and I, you know, and I keep writing that. And so once I moved to New York, that is when I realized that the world was so much bigger at that point and that um, I would not be returning to Kentucky. Um, and of course I did, but that was personal reasons, but I knew that I would, that I was bigger and I wanted more, um, and that I could not get that living in Kentucky, the type of level that I want to go to, it would not be able to be able to, uh, be met in, in a small town like that. 
our mm-hmm. stories, well, talking to you now, our stories, several of what you said is, is so similar, even how we got mm-hmm. the, the jobs at BET in the same department and mm-hmm. how we took a leap of faith. Like for me, I was a college dropout. I had literally just dropped out of college like two weeks before I emailed BET, found the director's contact through mm-hmm. someone who used to work at BET in a department through LinkedIn. And she wasn't there anymore, but she pointed me in the right direction. So I also, you know, took a leap of faith. I was like, look, I'm not getting a college credit, but I, I need this opportunity. Yeah. Like, I and need you know this what? opportunity. It's funny that you said that. I didn't even tell that part. But I remember, um, you know, the supervisor at the time, she, uh, and we both know who it is, you know, she said, are you in, co- are you in school? And I was like, to me, that's an open door. Yeah. All I need to do is get through the door. And I remember I, I lied. I basically told her, I said, um, I'm sitting the semester out because that was my opportunity and I had to take it. Yeah. And she said, uh, okay, well, if you come to New York, I'll get you, get you a job. And I said, okay, cool. I'm there. You know? And so, yeah. So yeah. It's so crazy yeah. how, and, and like just everything, even with, you know, having to just move and explore bigger to match what mm-hmm. your vision is. And, yeah. and that was me. You know, I often hear people say, you know, well, they don't support me in my hometown. And I'm like, well, maybe you need to get out of your hometown, become known outside of your hometown, build a network outside mm-hmm. of your hometown. And I guarantee you, your hometown will pay attention. And the exact same thing has happened with me. You know, I stopped focusing on the small city and mm-hmm. I started focusing on, okay, if I can build a network of people in New York, Atlanta, LA, if I could dominate yeah. those cities, then my hometown, not saying they won't matter, but they'll either hop on board or they won't. And at that point, it won't matter. And that's exactly what has happened, you know, with me. You know, I now, I know I can sell out an event in New York or in Atlanta mm-hmm. or in LA because I've gone from the outside inwards. And so now that yeah. I live back in my hometown, it doesn't bother me that, you know, maybe not as many people know me here as they do in other places because I've built such an extensive network. So I do think sometimes, you know, if you're not getting the support that you would desire, don't focus on the small city because that's just an indication to me also that your dream is maybe too big for that city at that time. And you do need to go out and spread your wings. And I think too, you know, I guess because I do so much self-work on myself and reevaluating, you know, uh, me a lot. I don't look at other people so much. It's always like, okay, you, what is it within you? And so I think sometimes too, um, our ego is like, oh, nobody's supporting me. Well, nobody knows you. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you can't be mad at somebody not supporting you if they don't know you. And that goes back to, again, make them know who you are. What are you doing to separate yourself? What are you doing to make someone recognize and notice you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Are you going, even in your hometown, are you, you know, because uh, I mean, clearly we see people all the time, you know, the real, you know, BB Judy. There's a lot of people I follow that are, you know, making major things happen in their city. But I think sometimes, you know, I tell even some of my friends, like, your ego is just too big. You know what I mean? Like who knows you? Yeah. Nobody know. And somebody had to humble me with that two years ago was like, even though you accomplished a lot, you've com- accomplished nothing. If no one knows who you are outside of Kentucky, Atlanta, and you know, these different places. So it's like, you have to start making people stop and say, who is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's, it's just like, you have to look within yourself and say, okay, no one knows me. How do I make somebody know me? whether you get out every single day. And like you said, then of course you start building a following outside of that. But I do think if you cannot accomplish your hometown, you're going to have a hard time accomplishing another town because it's the same aesthetic. It's the same, whatever I did in Kentucky, I do it in Atlanta, the exact same thing. So how I took over one city, it's like, 
you know, okay, okay, so if people's not noticed you in Atlanta, okay, cool, let's go pull some clients from outside, bring them in and say, oh, okay, she's based here, yep, now do the same thing you just did it that you did in Kentucky and make people know who you are, you know what I mean? So sometimes I think we just have to check ourselves yeah. uh, and say, okay, what am I not doing and what am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, and then I also, I think it also goes back to what are you trying to do? What are you trying mm-hmm. to accomplish? Because, you know, sometimes, you know, you may need to go out just for a little while yeah. to get what you need yeah. and then, you know, execute in your hometown. And I think, you know, I um, I don't know if you watched the Women Evolve conference, but Sarah Jakes Roberts basically talked about thriving in your wilderness. And I think Mm. this also spoke to me for people who are always complaining about people not supporting them. It has nothing to do with other people. You know, it has everything to do with how, how far are you willing to go to execute? Like, are you going to just sit in where you think you're not going to thrive and just dwell in it? Are you going to make something happen? So that kind of brings me into my next question. I noticed you're doing a level up series on social media, which I'm absolutely obsessed with. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, thank you. My God, you know, I'm so excited about tonight because, um, you know, and I'll just say, like, even though we didn't get to speak yesterday, you know, as I'm sitting here now, um, so much has happened today just with reflection in myself and things like that. Mm I don't think the interview was supposed to happen yesterday. You know what I mean? Because it it goes into today and like, you know, and I'm writing down notes even from my own conversation, you know what I mean? Um, And just to, to go into the level up series, because it's like, you know, first we get your attention, but then now we have to address the real issues and for you to level up, you know what I mean? So today has been like the most amazing day to my spirit in reflecting um, to say, okay, identify these issues and problems that you have so that we can level up. And sometimes people don't even know how to level up because of the things that are preventing them mentally to level up. You know what I mean? Right, so right. it's just been a, a great day. I just kind of wanted to put that in that I'm glad that this conversation happened today because it actually um, just even has more to do with what I'm going to talk about tonight with right. the level up. Everything is in time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I don't, when things don't happen, I don't force it. I just, you know, you, like if we just sometimes just let God do what he's going to do, it's mm-hmm. so much sweeter yeah. than what yeah. we plan. So, you know, level up is now this, it's now like the new terminology. Everybody's yeah. talking about leveling up. Like last year, they were talking about being a boss. Now it's level yeah, up. Yeah, now so it's, it's leveling up. Right, yeah. so now it's level up. You know, Ciara did the level up. It's yeah. level up challenge. It's so much stuff going on. So because there's so many different variations of leveling up, you kind of spoke on it a few moments ago. What would you say? Can you give a little more in-depth detail on what's your definition? How do you see leveling up? What is What do you think it takes for someone to truly level up for themselves? So for me, you know, I feel like at first it was all about bossing up, that terminology, getting your paper up, getting all this up. But now I, I feel like this space that I'm in my life is that leveling up requires you mentally to level up and be whole on every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Because once you're whole, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, you can get, you can make twice, maybe triple times the money you were trying to make. You can keep the money you were trying to make because you're not um, fascinated with the facade of what social media presents itself to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, leveling up for me is like, how strong are you to, to run your weight race? 
Are you physically taking care of your body? Because we're, we're not talking about a, a sprint. We're talking about a marathon at this point. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just like healing your emotions so that you can thrive. And so, you know, uh, one of the things that I'm talking about tonight is something very personal to for me is that, you know, uh, um, with my mother's death, um, for six years, I haven't acknowledged that she's even died. Right. Um, and I realized that I was on, and this was up until today, I had been having a very, you know, kind of tough few weeks because something just couldn't say what it was. And it's just like, I've been um, um, uh, surviving for six years, but not truly thriving. Wow. And the reason that that being part of it is that I have not come to terms of accepting um, that my mother has died physically from this place and that she will not return. So um, my dad told me this morning, well, once you figure out the problem, then you can come up with a solution. So now it's like, again, when I talk about leveling up, I have to be mentally strong to run this race so that when money, opportunities, things coming, I'm not stopping, quitting, going, quitting, quitting, going. You know what I mean? But I can fully run this race um, with expectations, not stopping, not slipping up. It's like we're ready to run this race. And, and the way that um, I perceive and, and how I know for me, I have to be mentally strong to endure this race without any hindrance or interference. Even if it comes, um, it does not affect my mental process. So um, that's what leveling up for me is. It's not just about the money. And I think a lot of times we do focus on money but I realized, like, even as I'm getting, you know, more money and different opportunities, I still have found that I wasn't any, I wasn't any more happier than I am when I'm sharing my experiences. So that let me know it's just not about the money. It's something else deeper for me. You know what I'm saying? And so um, for me, that's what leveling up is. It's like leveling up where you acknowledge up until this point, you are a product of what you believe. So everything that's happening in your life, good or bad, is a product of your belief. Now, if you have some things in your life that you do not like, how do we change this? So let's identify what those problems is. Let's look at the big picture of what we want. And now we have to work backwards and say, okay, um, these are some areas in my life that I need to change. Because again, it's like when you take a promotion at a job, you have to align yourself what their expectations are. You can't remain the same person and be a CEO of a company. Well, you can't remain the same person and be the CEO of your life. You know what I mean? Like you have to transform your thinking, your mind. And that goes down to, to me, it's down to even what you put in your body because what I put in my body is a representation of how I feel about myself. So if I'm feeding my body with tons of sugar and tons of, you know, processed foods, well, to me, that's saying that, you're not loving on me today because how you love me is what you do for me and what you're doing to me. So if I start to feed it with organic stuff and more whole foods and um, foods that are healing to my body and, you know, whatever that list consists of, it's like, okay, now by you feeding and fueling your body properly, we can run a longer race. I mean, I literally came off two months back to back, hardly no sleep. And I feel like I was able to do that because I constantly was nursing, um, making sure I had the proper nutrition for my body, whether it was, you know, supplements or juices or the the type of food I was eating. Um, you know, what I was thinking about affirmations, like all of that stuff requires me to run a, a long race. So I think, um, the initial attraction to leveling up is got to boss up, level up, putting all that behind, but then you have to, you know, 
the hype wears off eventually. Oh, yeah. And did you level up? So now we have to look at, okay, leveling up and let's break it down what leveling up really is. You have to physically look at your life and start to dissect things that you don't even want to address. Yes. You know what I mean? To be healed and to be whole. You know what I mean? So that's what um, that's what it that's what it means to me is to level up. And that means all areas of your life in abundance. I love it. That's perfect. So, guys, if you're listening, um, if you don't catch her doing it live, you, I'm sure. Will you keep the mm-hmm. um, series? It'll up? be replay. It'll be yep. replay. So definitely go find Fahani on Facebook and Instagram. I'll share all of her handles at the end of the show. Um, so that you can go check it out, comment, let her know, you know, give her some feedback and let her know, you know, what's going on. And, and I think it's, it's, it's so perfect for this time now, because like you said, we're so over consumed with leveling up with physical material things, but we're not really focusing on the, the inside, um, as far as leveling up goes. So now that we've talked about leveling up mentally, spiritually, and and talked a little bit about your journey and how you've transitioned um, in your career, in your location, and in your life in general, I really would like for us to talk just a little bit about fashion and style because you know we've talked about faith and and we've talked a little bit of even about how to level up as far as what we eat and taking better mm-hmm. care of our bodies. So now I want to talk about a little bit of fashion because I guess that's initially how we crossed paths mm-hmm. um, years ago. So so um, let's see. I've got like a whole ton of questions that I want to ask okay. you about this, but. I've noticed um, you once had a collection called Rebirth, and then mm-hmm. you had, I think one of your collections last year was um, along the lines of like Queens Get... The Queen Collection. The, Queen, uh, the Queen, collection. Queen Collection, but it's Queens Get Ish Done. Right, mm-hmm. the Queen Collection. So I know you be, you are one of those people who, you're like me, you know, we take life and we use it to inspire us to create. So for mm-hmm. you, you create clothes you're a fashion designer you're a tailor so how how would you say that your create creativity has helped you as far as um you know creating collections coming up with concepts I saw a recent appearance you did on sister circle tv in Atlanta mm-hmm. and I was just so blown away you use clothes pins and <laughs> like patches yeah. <laughs> and just like do you think that you know, coming from a place where you didn't always have, mm-hmm. has that helped your creativity? And how would you, what would you tell to someone who may not have the money to kind of level up their look to, right. um, you know, start switching up their style a little bit or finding their unique style, a unique style that complements yeah. their brand or what they're working towards? You know what, for me, it's like, that is my story. I, I always had to, you know, and again, as you move out of it, you have to be cautious not to stay in it, but you still remember it. But I've always had to make something out of nothing. You know, I, I didn't have the money and things like that to do um, a lot of things. And then especially when I started to make a sacrifice for the dream. Um, so for me, um, I literally can take the the very minimum of something and make it into like this grand situation without even trying because it's it's naturally 
I'm just in me like, okay, let's move this. Let's do this. Let's find this person. Let them come over and help with this. I'm going to go do this. What do I have in my house that I can use? Cause we have so many things in our house. And you know, when I, when I went back, uh, when I had to leave New York to go back to Kentucky, um, for my mom at that point, I went back with two suitcases, um, no one suitcase and two sewing machines. And in that suitcase was nothing but sweatpants and one pair of tennis shoes. I left everything in New York because I, in my mind, I was just going home for like a month or two to spend time with my mom to, you know, reevaluate my, my life and where I wanted to go. And then I was going to come back to New York. But of course my mother, you know, in that transition passed away and then I ended up staying in Kentucky. Well, in that time frame, I lost all the fashion clothes that I had, you know, um, <laughs> uh, collected up until that point. You know what I mean? Everything was gone. Literally everything was gone. No, I had not one handbag to my name. Um, I didn't have a pair of heels. I had a pair of old tennis shoes and nothing but like jogging suits in this suitcase. Um, so I literally had to, you know, when I would go out to events, it's like literally taking my creativity and be like, okay, well, I'm gonna go to the Goodwill and buy, you know, a pair of shorts and then I'll add some tool to it. And well, let me go find a cheap wig, you know? And, you know, so I had to figure out all these different ways to make my look. And again, never, and it wasn't my intention to never let the outside see what happened, but I was always taught, you don't go out the house looking like, you know what I mean? Like you're not winning and winning from a place of, you know, not like, Oh my God, I'm fly. It's like, no, you don't go outside looking like that. You know what I mean? So when you go outside, you still have to represent yourself, how they did back in the 70s and stuff, you know, 60s and stuff. They didn't go out their houses looking with rags on and no, right. <laughs> they right. still went out presentable. And so um, I had to make sure that I honored myself in that way because it made me feel good. When you dress good, you feel good. When you look good, you feel good. And so um, if if it was somebody, you know, because even though we're in 2018, it, it could be quickly um, said that everybody's doing great. No, everybody is still not doing great. And where we are, even if we're not where we want to be, it's truly a blessing because there's somebody else that just doesn't have what you have. Right. So I think if you're, you know, on a budget or you just don't even have the money, I think you just have to, first of all, look inside your own closet, first of all. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we overlook things that we can revamp. You know what I mean? Like I said, you may have, a ton of jeans that are too big. Well, if you Google how to resize your jeans without a sewing machine on Google, you can find multiple things that'll show you how to fix your simple jeans. And then you can cut them up, put them in the washer, bleach them. Well, that might've cost you $3. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, first I would say like, go inside of your closet, all the things that you just absolutely hate and haven't wore in years, definitely go ahead and put that to the side either, you know, donate it or, you know, sell it on, you know, Facebook market or one of these places around that takes clothing and then look at what you do have. And I think what I had to remind myself while I was going through transition is, and it was something TD Jake said is where it started. He said, if you have a broken, I think it was um, a microwave or a toaster, well, you're not going to leave the broken toaster there, you're going to throw it away because you're expecting to get a new toaster. Right, right, right. So for me, and this was like maybe a, a year or two ago, um, again, when we talk about that thr- surviving mode, 
I would not buy myself anything. And if I did buy it, I might return it because I feel guilty. And like, no, you just need to save money. Don't be spending money on clothes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I went through my closet. I never forget. I said, you know what? I'm going to go through my closet. And I'm going to throw away or give away or take out everything I have not wore, don't want. And I'm just going to wait. And I'm going to trust God to fill my closet back up. That's exactly what I did. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, I, I let, let it go. I let the fear go of not having or not being replaced. Because where I have to realize is that, and again, it goes back to changing your mind. You'll change your life. I had to realize that God wants the best for me. I don't have to take on a lack mentality because someone else's life shows lack. That is up to their belief system. But what I believe is that God is always taking care of me and all my needs are met. So the fear of not having or not being replaced or lack, I have to allow, I have to let it go. You know what I mean? Even if I don't, if I'm afraid to let it go, it's like I have to trust God to say, you know what? I'm going to trust you. And so I end up giving away, you know, um, all of my clothes, like the clothes I didn't want, the stuff that, that I was not wearing. It was just being in the closet, looking like I got a full closet. I, and I literally just gave it away. And I remember, um, it was so funny. I remember I was in New York last year in June. And I remember, um, uh, I was waiting on my income taxes to come back. And I remember God telling me to sow a thousand dollar seed. And I was like, what? God, wait a minute. Um, I've never sown a thousand dollars in my life, but I wanted to, but I I knew I was going to Africa. So I was like, man, I want to buy clothes and oh my God, a thousand dollars. And I remember God told me, write down everything that you think you're going to use this $1,000 for. And I literally put, I wanted to buy $500 worth of clothes. This is what I put on there. And I put some other stuff, girl, that I wanted. Because in my mind, I, I wanted to have a good time in Africa. Yeah. I wanted to enjoy it. You know what I mean? And I just wanted to buy me new clothes. I, I had sacrificed, you know, not buying me nothing for six years since my mother had passed away. And at this point, I just wanted to take money to buy me something. And so I put, I was going to spend $500 on clothes. And I promise you, that $500 came, went, came, went about, I don't even know how many times. But I eventually <laughs> bought, I sold my $1,000 seed girl. I bought probably more than $500 worth of clothes and, and shoes or whatever I wanted to buy. Right. But again, it was about trusting the process. You know what I mean? So it's like, as you're going through your closet, let it go. Because nothing can be replaced until you remove what's there holding its space. Wow. Yes. You know what I mean? Wow. That's the only way that it could be replaced is you have to free it to go somewhere else. Wow. And so I would tell them to do that. You know, look in your closet and think about, you know, things that you can keep and, and don't be afraid um, to cut them or do something with them. Because, again, when we're afraid to do that, we think we won't get it back. So it's like, no. Live in the moment and enjoy what you have, you know, get on Google, you know, recreate some ideas, give away the clothing that you don't, you know, want, but then allow yourself to accept the new clothing that's coming into your life. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, it might come through a person. It might come through a form of money. You know, I remember someone was telling me that they, and that's when I, I forgot who was, but they were like, I remember I wanted a new suit. Oh, the guy that told me about the thousand dollar seed, it was a pastor. And he said, I remember, you know, I wanted a new suit and God wanted me to sow a seed. He said, I sold a seed and went to the mall, just had an urge to go to the mall. And two different people he didn't even know came and bought him a suit. Wow. So it's like you have to free yourself from fear and lack on all on all areas of your life. Yeah. Down to clothing. You know what I mean? So um, that's how I would tell him, you know, think about, you know, 
you know, set your inspiration board. Um, I had an inspiration board, what I wanted to look like, how I wanted to dress. And then from there, I went in my closet and anything that did not match the new version of Fahani, I had to let it go. Yeah. Literally, I had to let it go. And then from there, I started to go maybe thrifting or I would just kind of like, you know, think about clothes that I wanted. And then, like I said, the opportunity would come. I would, you know, I didn't try to buy it all at one time. I would go buy a little stuff here, buy a little things there. But literally, you have the capability to make something out of nothing. You just have to be creative and, you know, get on and think about all these do-it-yourself ideas. Like, I mean, girl, that's so much, you know, <laughs> we have uh, at our hands just on the Internet. Right. Um, so that's what I would tell somebody is first they just need to identify, like, what do they want to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, don't think about what your pocket says, but make a vision of what you actually want your look to look like. Then the second thing is just go in your closet and anything that does not match the new version of yourself, you have to give it away, throw it away, sell it, let it go. Whatever it is, you just have to get it out of your closet. And then the third thing is, okay, with what's left, let me Google. I did that too. I Google, you know, I would go on Google and just Google fashion ideas with jeans and, and black pumps. And I would pull up a list of cute outfits that I could wear with just jeans and black pumps. So, and then I kept it all in a folder. You know, I may uh, look at an athletic leisure wear that I can wear with, with jogging pants, but I wanted it to be fashionable. And then I looked in my closet to see if I had any of those pieces and it would be a white shirt, your jogging pants. You can roll them up this way, put a heel on, put your bag on this way. And I was like, okay, that's cute. I like that. Let me try it. And that's how you start to identify, you know, if this style is really for you, you know, does it fit you? Is it, you know, and then from there you get creative and, you know, start to bring your own attitude to it and things like that. But um, keep it simple. Like, don't overthink it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the biggest thing for me. Absolutely. And I can relate as far as like letting go of clothes because, Mm -hmm. you know, I've transitioned a lot, you know, lost things, evictions, having Mm -hmm. to move abruptly, losing things. And I know the last time that I had to move, well, not the last time, the time before the last time where I had to move without really any notice. Mm-hmm. I realized when I got to my new place that I kept complaining, I don't have any clothes and right. I've got this engagement and this and I can't be wearing the same thing over and over again. Like that was my mindset. Mm-hmm. I don't have any money to buy clothes, but it's like, right. and, and I was toting clothes from years from every yes. place that I went to, I, and I, and every time I went to try to find something to wear, it was the same process of frustration. Like I don't yeah. have anything, blah blah blah. So you know what I did, and I've been doing this, and I shared this on my YouTube channel a few months mm-hmm. back. What I started doing, what I did, one day I went through my closet, and I literally, I was real with myself, and I made piles like, okay, I'm never going to wear this again. Mm-hmm. This realistically cannot fit me, and it probably won't mm-hmm. fit me again. Okay, that's another pile. I put everything in a bag. And I went to the Goodwill, which I was so against. I hated the way thrift stores smelled, and mm-hmm. it was just like the worst place. I put all of the clothes in a bag. I folded them up. It was about three bags full of clothes that I had been toting around mm-hmm. through evictions, through having to move from different cities. Mm-hmm. And I dropped the clothes off, and I just you know, went in the Goodwill just to look around. When I mm-hmm. tell you, I walked out of Goodwill with a whole wardrobe of stuff like $134 I had I still have pieces 
of clothes that I have not worn. And so what I started doing, I would go to the thrift store at least once a week just to see what they mm-hmm. had. And then I figured out Saturday mornings were the best time to go because they were putting out new stuff that they've been mm-hmm. holding all week. And so I, my strategy now, I don't buy clothes new really unless it's mm-hmm. something that I just have to have or it's a pair yeah. of shoes. So now pretty much everything that you guys see on my Instagram and stuff, I go in there for jeans because I find designer jeans yeah. like sometimes with yeah. tags on them blazers and statement pieces because those yeah. are the pieces that you can mix and match and i and fahani is great at doing it like a pair of jeans a pump and a statement blazer from a yeah. thrift store like two or three dollars that's how i rebuilt my wardrobe and i and i constantly even if i have extra money to spend now i go to the thrift store because yeah. like like you literally don't have to you know, you can use that money to reinvest in your dreams and the stuff that will matter 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Yes, your look is important and it's important that you do, you know, maintain it and try to switch things up and find your own style. But you do not have to don't get it twisted. Everybody on Instagram is not buying Louis Vuitton shoes and mm-hmm. Christian Louboutins like you have to prioritize, but you can still do both. So that's why I wanted to get your take because I know you are so yeah. good at improvising and making something out of nothing. And I think you do. Like, you know, I think we both understand that you, it's like you have to make some type of sacrifices for your dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't be out here trying to, you know, save and do all this and then blowing it all on clothes and things like that. You know what I mean? And again, a lot of these you know, sometimes we can get so sucked in. And I think that's, you know, my whole message in life is probably just being authentic to yourself and being connected to you because you can lose yourself in social media thinking that these people, not to say that that some people don't have what they say they have, but a lot of people don't. They're just flexing for the green. You know what I mean? So it's like, you have to really make sure that you follow. And I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, when we talk about revamping your life it is I really mean your entire life down to who you stroll up and watch yes girl. because these people are planting seeds in your mind of positive or negative you're comparing yourself so I always make sure I I am um following authentic people who I feel that are very authentic to themselves they're not just trying to flex for the gram, but they are very um, just honest in who they are in their journey because they allow me to continue to keep saying yes to me and my journey yes. without feeling like I got to be sucked into this whole fade, fa- uh, you know, phase of, you know, looking good for the gram and things like that, you know. So I think you just the best thing you can wear is confidence. You know what I mean? Because there's no clothes. I've met so many people off Instagram personally, and they're insecure. I mean, I I, I don't understand how you're dealing with this type of insecurity and, and you need this type of validation. And when I see you don't even know how to have a conversation, you, you kind of like shrink up and it's like, but you're such a big personality. Right. So that lets me know the best thing you can wear is your confidence and your aura and like who you are. Can you, you know, when you are around people, do you feel big do, or do you shrink and feel small? Because that people can feel that, you know what I mean? I don't care if you don't have the best things on. I can walk in a room and people are like, yo, you are so cool. No, what you get on social media is honestly who you're going to get in real life. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? And I tell people so I, that all the time. That's so important. 
Like, let me tell you, even nowadays, it's more important than it has ever been. Like, you can be, anybody can be who they want to be on social media. Like, you can set up an account and be whoever the heck you want to be. Because you can pull a picture off Google. You can, like, it's just so many ways that we can alter our lives on social media. But you don't want to ever make that mistake of being somebody completely different when you meet me in person. And I think that's why... You know, I know you and I, we've gone through transitions in life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's so freeing to just be so honest about where you are and who you are. Because it's less pressure on you. And it also helps when you do meet these people offline. They're like, oh, well, she's the same person. She's got the same personality. Mm -hmm. She's telling the same story. Nothing's changed. And it's it's just a much more freeing place to be in and I know that comes over over time and with self-development and getting to know yourself and so that's you know my words of encouragement you know if Mm -hmm. you're listening like don't get caught up in this stuff on Instagram like and I say Instagram because that's where I feel like it's the most yeah it's the most it's very Instagram is a place where it's very um you can find yourself comparing like you know because we're still on Facebook but Instagram is like that visual and all of that, you know, and I think, um, and I just said this today, like a little bit before you call, I was kind of pondering in, in my thoughts about it. And um, I, I didn't always fully understand what like Lisa Nichols and Tony Robbins would say when they were talk about, you know, service and how can they service more people. And then when I, you know, and then like, um, I had to do some filming last week and the guy, I said, it's so crazy because I feel like up until this, the last two weeks, it's all about being reconnected to my light and not ever losing that light again. And what I realized is that the more and more I say yes to Fahani, meaning that I don't deny you, deny myself in any way. Um, I don't lie to myself about who I am. I don't try to be something that I'm not. I honestly show up as Fahani every single day and I serve other people, meaning allowing them and showing them how to how it's okay to show up as yourself every day. Like you don't have to go flex. Like you don't have to go like literally enjoy your process because at the end of the day, we're all going to die and we're going to leave here. So I'm not going to die and leave here trying to be someone else. I want to give my race a full run for its money. I was a hundred percent honest with myself. You know, I, I, you know, lived the life I wanted to live, whether I, if I want to ball out of control, okay. I didn't do it for you. I did it for me though. You know what I'm saying? And so I just think that, you know, the best thing that someone can be is just themselves because so many people are trying to portray other people that there's no, who's authentic. You know what I mean? Where's your authenticity? You know what I mean? It's like, everybody is like, Oh, I got to do it like this person. I got to go show all this off. I got to show all my money off. Mm -hmm. And it's like the wealthiest people don't even have Instagram. (laughs) And like, you know what I mean? It was somebody I saw and I was like, he just got, Oh, I was listening to impact theory and I was watching one of the guys interviews. This man is like, um, he's, you know, gross billions of dollars and he had a t-shirt on and some jeans. And I was just looking like uh, mm, nothing fancy about this guy. If I saw him in the airport, I wouldn't even know he was a billionaire. You know what I mean? It was that. And it was like, wow, that's so crazy. He literally has a blue t-shirt on some jeans and some brown boots. Girl, that yeah. was it. It's I'm telling you, it's just it's just so much easier. Just be in just be you. But anyway, yeah. um, we're coming to the ends of our interview, but I do have yes. one one more question or one mm-hmm. thing I want to say, and then I guess it'll turn into a question. 
One thing that I do admire about you outside of everything else we've talked about today is how you have put yourself out there over and over and over and over again. And I think that's something that we can definitely take away. And I mean, obviously, if you guys are following Fahani anywhere online, you know, you're witnessing how she's growing and how you've you're still a fashion designer, but now you've mm-hmm. kind of opened the door into being a celebrity tailor. And I watched, mm-hmm. a, I think it was a, a video on your YouTube channel where you said something that was so strategic. And you said that you started to think about alterations like Uber. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing. We're so busy trying to duplicate what everybody else is doing. And we're mm-hmm. forgetting about this, the talents that we may have that may not be as popular or, you know, being mm-hmm. a tailor isn't as popular as being a stylist or a designer, mm-hmm. but how that was something. But you know, reason, the reason why it's not because nobody has made it popular. Nobody has made it popular. Exactly. So in similarity, yeah. it's not. But how you took that, a talent that you already had, and you looked at it from the lens of an already successful big brand. And I believe mm-hmm. that's why you're getting the clientele that you're getting and really how you're growing now uh, so much in this season. So yeah. you you mentioned, you know, Rick Ross being on your vision board and how three weeks later mm-hmm. they reached out to you to do his birthday party. And it seems like since then, you know, I'm not sure at the timeline, but now you've, you know, do- done tailoring for Cardi B and Tammy mm-hmm. Roman. And can you just give us, like, I am I know the listeners are dying to know how the Cardi B thing came about because I've had a couple people just right before we mm. got on the interview act tell me to ask. I don't know if you can give specifics. I don't want you to. I just want you to tell us how yeah. did that manifest um, for you. So again, you know, and and when I say, and I just posted this on my um, Insta Snap. Don't follow me because of what I do. Follow me because who I am, meaning my mind. People don't understand everything that you think is literally a product that'll show up in your life. Exactly. And I and I mean I and it's like people can ask you all day long, how did you do it? I'm telling you, the things that you think about, I promise you they show up in your life. Um and I think, you know, I remember, you know, and it, it's happened, I think, with all of these people, honestly. Um, I was just like, you know, um, uh, what, what happened? Um, I remember I wrote Cardi down again. I didn't, re- I wrote it down, maybe not thinking it would happen or happen. I don't know. I didn't have a thought to it. I just wrote her name down. And I remember you always got to know when your moment is and don't be quick to overlook something so small. But if you hop on Instagram and something you were thinking about literally shows up. So if you hop on, if you're a makeup artist and you hop on Instagram and beat face, honey says she's looking for a makeup artist. That's your moment. It's for you. And so that's what happened. Um, I, I've known Colin for years, since 2010, when Colin first started. You know, we've worked together before. But, of course, you know, um, we hadn't worked together for a long time. Um, I still keep in touch with a few of his colleagues. And, again, knowing your resources, putting yourself out there. And so I remember um, it something ran across my mind, a thought-wise. I'm not sure what it was, but it was definitely something about sewing and or maybe I was in a place of like, God, you know, what's next or something like that. But I remember um, I literally went on Instagram. First thing that was on my Instagram was I'm looking for a seamstress. Well, I knew that was for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's no way that out of the sky blue, I, the, as soon as I pop on Instagram, that's the first thing I see. First thing. That's yeah. your moment. And you got to know when it's your moment. And so I, I remember I, you know, wrote him, I text him. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go a step further. Um, I'm going to hit up his colleagues that I know that they know and say, hey, you know, 
can you let Colin know that I'm here in town and, you know, whatever, um, if he needs something. And then, you know what I did? I let it go. I didn't harbor over it. I didn't want to be, because I've been in a space before where I, you know, contemplate and to the point where, oh my God, I'm obsessing over it. And I was like, you know what, God, I let it go. After I did what I did, and like I said, I didn't hear anything back from him for like maybe a day. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this today. I'm not going to obsess about, you know, I let it go. I said, God, if he does, he does. If he don't, he don't. But I'm freeing myself for whatever, because I don't want to be bound up in that. And I remember um, not even, you know, maybe a little bit after I said it, or an hour after I said it, he texted me like, hey, hey, babe, are you in Atlanta? You free tomorrow? You know, whatever, woo, woo, woo. And, and, and that's really how I went. And I, and I think literally, you know, everybody is just kind of a thought, you know, or I think about um, how much money I want to make. Or, you know, I remember a few months ago, um, I was listening to a, um, Pastor William Murphy and he was like, you know, how your name is going to be on people's lips and and things like that. And I remember it was coming just like that from Diddy. And people, you know, go over the Cardi thing. We're talking about Diddy is a legend. And I was in his house, yeah. sitting face to face with this man telling me that was such a moment for me because I'm like, this, this is Diddy. Wait yeah. a minute. You right. know, <laughs> like. Um, this is like, this, this is like a Jay-Z, which I I know that I'm going to get Jay-Z. You see what I'm saying? Like, so all of this, but the reason how you lose it is when you don't stay connected to the light, when you don't stay connected to the affirmations, when you don't stay connected to the affirming yourself. And for the last three weeks, I had lost that because I started to figure out again, and I'm very transparent. I started to to look at left meaning I started to look at other people and not just only look at Fahani right so that's what I'm saying is how important because that three weeks took me off course where I've been nonstop for two weeks but as soon as I looked to the left and said well maybe I need to change something or am I doing this right or are comparing something about my journey to someone else's or if somebody will think you know I think it wasn't even that I think it was like man, is this a good idea or is it stupid? That, I think that's what came in, like, oh, mm-hmm. you, maybe this is crazy. This is crazy. As soon as I did that, I lost my light that quick. So that's why I'm telling you, you cannot, you have to stay connected to, to yourself, to your light, because as soon as you look at somebody else's for a split second, you allow something else to come in. And it talks, it, it, it creates, you know what I mean, um, something in your environment that wasn't supposed to be, it pollutes your environment. Yes. So... It took me almost three weeks of having to go back in myself and say, okay, we got to heal something in here because this time we go run this race to the end of this year, we have no more room for interruptions. And so when you said, you reminded me, even today, everything is a reminder. When you said how I look at how I look at alterations, I look at it like Uber. And I told myself when I'm done showing people what a tailor is, everybody's going to want to be a tailor because I'm going to make it that attractive. And I mean it. You know what I mean? I mean it down to my core that it's going to look so attractive that everybody is going to be like, oh, my God, what is this? I want to be this person. But again, you got to stay connected to the thing that is your light because that thing will carry you. It will give you creative ideas. And you know what I mean? Gary Vee says, don't consume so much of other people's energy. Focus on putting out content. Don't be consuming so much content. Keep putting out because when you just stay focused on your lane, you don't look to the left. You don't look to the right. You don't look and see what everybody else is doing. You're like, yo, this is what I'm doing. You know what I mean? So um, that's what, you know, the Cardi thing and, you know, Rick Ross, 
Kevin Garnett, you know, even with Kevin Garnett, I remember um, I had been wanting to meet, you know, Ty, which was Beyonce stylist for, for years. And I knew that I was going to meet him, but I wasn't ready because uh, at the time, I think I was kind of insecure a little bit about it. And that's why I say people don't realize like your, how you feel about yourself um, can hinder opportunities or delay opportunities because you're not ready. And so I remember, um, what I do use social media for is I know everybody. So if I see somebody out, I'm like, Oh, boom, I know who that is. And and, so I'm making my, my plan strategically to know who people are, to know what's going on because I don't know when I'm going to see people. So I, I, I keep it familiar with who people are. And I remember, um, I kept saying, okay, Beyonce is easy. I don't think Beyonce is hard to get to at all. Honestly. Um, I was like, Ty is going to be the person I need to get to. Like, he seems like more of a challenge to, to me than Beyonce. And I don't want a quick, oh, I got her that quick. I kind of want to go through a journey of, of it. So I chose to go through that journey. And so I remember um, I was supposed to meet Ty in 2014, I believe, or 2013. It was a little bit after my mom passed away. And, um, I forgot something happened, but I didn't get to go to the event that they were going to be at. But I knew if I went that night, I would have met him. I've had people call me physically, give Ty's number to me before I even knew Ty's number. Like, here's his number. Here's his contact. You know, I don't know how you're going to tell him you got it, but this is what it is. And I never forget that was in 2012. I put his number, uh, 2013, I put his number in my phone. And then I remember when I moved to Atlanta, I met Raquel which is a lot of people don't know her because she's not as um, out in the public as Ty is, but it's two of them. It's, it was never just Ty alone. It was him and Raquel. So I remember I seen Raquel and I said, oh, that's Raquel. Let me go introduce myself to her. So I introduced myself to her. And then here's another tip for people. If you see someone having an event and it's a three, four, five hundred dollars or whatever, don't get discouraged that you don't have the money. How can you help them? I knew I wasn't going to pay $500 to go to this event, but I was like, she may need some volunteers. So what I did was I gave her some product when I saw her say, Hey girl, I want to send you a shirt and you know, send you some product out. And I just kind of stayed in touch. I just kept building a relationship. Hey, how you doing? You know, did you get your shirt? And then I remember she was having an event, but at this time we've been communicating on, you know, Instagram and all that. So we're not, um, we're familiar with each other. So I saw she had the event. I said, Hey girl, um, let me know confidently. Let me know if you need any volunteers. I'd love to help you. That right. was it. Wow. She wrote back and said, yeah, I'm going to have my sister reach out to you. So long story short, you know, I went to her event and this is when I say, you know, this is the important thing. You know, again, it's not about all the outside stuff. It's an inside thing. I remember I said, God, I said, um, I knew Ty was going to be there. I said, God, I literally want you to tell me what to wear. Because the thing about it now is that I got Raquel. I need for him to know exactly who I am. And I want us to know each other on a first name basis. That's my thing. I don't want to know people just like, Hey, how you doing? I want to have your number. If I need something, I want to be able to communicate. I want to call you a friend, a colleague or something. Mm -hmm. So I said, God, I need, I need to look familiar to him for me to get his attention. And I promise you, my hair was one way. All of a sudden, I went in the mirror, did my hair a whole different way. And this goes back to looking in your closet. I've looked over this skirt and shirt 
multiple times in my closet. And all of a sudden, a look came in my head. I said, oh, I'm going to wear this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pin the skirt up a little bit with some safety pins. I'm going to wear these shoes. I'm going to put these socks on. I look very New Yorkish. Soon as I walked in the door, he was like, oh, my God, I love your look. And he, I mean, wow. he complimented me so much to I got uncomfortable. That's how many compliments he gave me. Then he was like, okay, who's the best dress? I ain't thinking twice about being no best dress. He was like, definitely you are. And everybody was like, yes, you killed this. Like, you did that. And I'm like, wait, what, Lord? But wow. nobody knew I had just asked God, I need for you to make me look familiar. You know what I'm saying? And so from there, again, knowing your moments, all I knew is that I wanted a new opportunity. I wanted to meet Ty. I wanted to kind of like, you know, um, be in the flow of what was going on. And the next time I met him, um, he said, um, I heard him say um, something about a fitting. I said, oh, that's my moment. Because that whole night I had been waiting on my moment. I'm like, okay, God, you know, just let me know when my moment come. At the end of the night, I was talking to um, the founder of Serve Fresh. And me and her were just having a conversation. And he walked up out the blue and said, um, I got a fitting tomorrow. I said, bingo, that's my moment. Mm -hmm. You can't have a fitting without a tailor. I said, hey, do you need a tailor? And he said, wait, you, you tailor? I said, yeah. He said, oh, no, I need you. Yeah, here's my number. And it was so funny because I was trying to save his number, but I told you I already had the number saved. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I'm trying to, girl, I'm trying to block him from seeing, like, when I type the T so he don't oh. see his name pop oh up. Oh, my like, God, oh. that's hilarious. So I'm trying to hide my phone. So I said, okay, quick thinking, quick thinking, go to your notes. So I went to my notes and put his number in my phone because I was mm -hmm. like, that'll be so embarrassing. Yes. If he sees his name <laughs> pop up, like, how'd you get my number? You know what I'm saying? Right. So I was like, okay, let me put it in my notes and whatever. And so that was my moment. You know what I mean? And then from there, it just, it just kept going and going and going. So it's just like really, you know, painting the picture of like, who do you want to be a client? And then affirming yourself that people are going to be calling you like people, like your name is going to be on people's lips. You know what I'm saying? Like literally people, what I want to do is like even like the whole level that I'm trying to take this tailoring thing to is is phenomenal. But I have people, stylists, other stylists just calling me, yo, Fee, are you in town? And if you ain't here, do you know another tailor? Can you refer somebody? And I'm like, okay, cool. That's all I need is to keep my name on your lips. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that is just, it's all in your thinking though. You know what I'm saying? How you think about yourself. Um, that's how Cardi came. That's how Rick Ross came. Byron Davis Kevin Garnett, like all of these people literally came from a simple thought of like, I want, I want to, I want to get, be I want to get better. And like, as I got Diddy, I was like, okay, I got Diddy. Okay. I want to go bigger though. So let's get Jay-Z. Okay. I want DJ Khaled. Oh, you know what I mean? It's, so for me, it's just like testing myself to get outside of my comfort zone right. of like what I can have and who I can be. You know what I mean? So um, that's all it is for me. I put the people up on the board. Um, just like I was telling my friend the other day with Carly Red, even though Carly is not like a super, you know, Cardi B or Diddy, I remember I wrote Carly's name down because I needed her in a, a video that I'm coming up doing. I promise you, I wrote it on July the 9th. I had to call my friend because I was like, girl, am I tripping? <laughs> but I, like, for real, I called her because I was like, am I, am I tripping? Right. I, I said, I had to go back to my phone to see when I got Carly. It was literally five days later after I wrote her name down. Girl. And somebody texts me out the blue. And again, down to my affirmations that I post everything on my Insta story. I don't care if people get tired of it. I'm trying to train people. 
that day I said, I have unexpected money coming in. I felt it based off when I read that affirmation. I said, oh, I got unexpected money coming in. By three o'clock, her stylist texted me and said, hey, Carly needs some alterations. Can you do them now? Wow, girl. $500 just like that, out the blue. Girl, let me tell you. You see what I'm saying, girl? So it's, it's, the mind is so powerful. You know what I mean? Like, and I said, yo, I told my homegirl, I said, girl, I wrote this down on the 9th. It's the 16th. Wow. I said, yo, this is crazy. You know what I mean? So it's just like now I'm training myself to say, okay, you've really got to stay connected to you because you're very powerful right now. We're all very powerful, but we just don't realize how powerful. So it's just like how I got Cardi, somebody else can get Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's literally, you know, of course you got to do your work. You can't just like not have no work, you know, established. But once you get that, you know what I mean? And try it out with little stuff. Be like, yo, I'm going to book five clients today. Mm-hmm. And believe you're going to book five clients today. And that's the end of it. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 that's really how I got Cardi. was as simple as just writing her name and allowing God um, to put the opportunity in front of me for me to take advantage of it. Right. And knowing your moment. And, and knowing that that was my moment, moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like knowing and not letting that idea, you know what I mean? And this is the crazy thing when, like when people have ideas um, and, and I know this is the, this is the end of what we're getting to. So I know we got to go, but down to, um, I just met with the founder of God is dope and I knew I had something to bring to the table. And sometimes we think because a brand is a, such a huge brand, we don't know what we can bring to the table and things like that. But I felt it in my spirit. Like, yo, I got something for him. I don't know exactly what it is, but I got something for him. And I remember I came back home, had a conversation with a friend of mine, and she, we were, you know, conversing back and forth on ideas that I could present to him. And, you know, I let that idea go out of my head because I was like, nah, yep. he probably ain't even going to even think about it. Or, you know, maybe I got to wait. I said, no, that's what it was. I said, maybe let me wait till my following gets about to like 10,000 or something. And then I'll present it back to him. I don't know if you follow God is Dope, but anybody that follows God is Dope, just last week, a few days ago, he posted um, a collaboration he was doing with a swimsuit. All of a sudden, something told me, go look at that person's um, Instagram, who he has tagged on here. She had 2,000 2000 followers. So that let me know right in there, what you won't do, somebody else will. And because you thought that you didn't have enough following, he just showed you that it wasn't about the following. It was about the idea. You see what I'm saying? So that, in that moment, I said, don't you ever do that again. If you have an idea, I mean, act on it immediately. Don't wait. Don't try to figure out how you're going to fit it in. It's about just simply opening your mouth and allowing God to take you from there. You know what I mean? But it was literally smacking my face. I said, I can't believe it. You got to be kidding me. And not to say that I'm still not going to present him the idea, but in that moment, you don't know. That could have been our post with me and him posted hey I got a collaboration we doing this what y'all think right but because I let it go in and go out look what happened and what you won't do somebody else will do you know what I'm saying so it's it's really just trusting yourself in this whole process and you know affirming yourself and making yourself a thing you know what I'm saying like making yourself confident making yourself a thing thing. you know what I mean and I think that's just who I am like I'm like I'm gonna make like yo when I'm done oh we a situation 
You know, we gonna be a whole situation over here. They gonna be like, wait a minute, who is this girl? You yes, know, I feel uh, that so, so strongly. So I really that's, do. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, then this is a good way to end the conversation. Yes. I mean, I could talk to you for days like this. I know. Like right. I could sit here and talk. You know what I mean? But but I've enjoyed it, and I appreciate you so much. Um, just for you know, us having this conversation because again, it reminds me all over again you know what I mean yeah. stay connected to the light you know what I'm saying like remember why we're doing this you know so I really appreciate you um in the platform that you have and Absolutely. what you're doing because again it's you know it helps uh even the person on the other side that you're interviewing it helps us to be reminded what why we're doing this what we're why we're doing what we're doing you know what I mean so absolutely I definitely appreciate it anytime I'm I've always been a you know a huge supporter I've been you know following the journey you mentioned something early just following people who who are really themselves and Mm -hmm. so because we need you know we need to to bounce off of each other we need that energy and that's just it's so outside of everything else that's really important so yeah. I think this is a good way to end the conversation. Thank yes. you so much for Thank you. chatting with me today. Let us know yes. if there's anything coming up that you um, would like for us to tap into. How can the listeners keep up with you on and offline? If you can just let us know that. So, yeah, it's Fahani Ellis um, on Facebook and on Instagram. And it's F-H-O-N-I-A-E-L-L-I-S. Um, coming up, I'm doing my whole thing with the touch by fee. So it's, you know, the snippets of, um, you know, the little videos that we're putting on social media right now. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's so much going on with this tailoring situation. Um, so I have, you know, you know, a lot of content coming out with that. I can't really say a lot what's going on, but it's, it's, it's a lot. It's almost like a movie, pretty much just like a movie, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, that we're kind of, you know, just really uh, captivating that, you know, other than, you know, clients. And um, the collection, the Queen collection is relaunching. Um, what's this? July. So it's relaunching next month. Um, so I have all of that. So it's just, it honestly, it's just a lot of content um, of the dream, of the journey just coming along and, you know, and then, of course, you know, clients and things like that. So and then I have So Pretty, which is the sewing academy for girls. So we're really um, branching off into Atlanta now with that and teaching the girls. And uh, yeah, awesome. and got a little tour. I just thought about that. Like, uh, it's like a Fahani in the city tour. So it's Love over it. a course. Of, mm-hmm, so it's going to be, you know, I'll be in Atlanta, L.A., New York. Um, I'm trying to see if we can book Texas. So it's probably going to be about six or seven cities and I'm just going to be, um, you know, going to over the, you know, the next five months and doing a lot of different things in the cities and things like that. So it's a lot, a lot going on. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you guys definitely follow her on Instagram at Ellis. I'll put it in the description. Also connect with her on Facebook and just, just tap into what she's doing. Even if you're not into fashion and tailoring, just her energy and what she stands for is is so valuable so i'm excited for everyone to listen to our conversation that we and if you don't mind i mean i'd love to do a giveaway you know i don't mind doing like a little giveaway so if you have something on your platform that you know um whenever we you know um air this you know let's do like a little giveaway you know maybe i don't know we come up with some type of cool concept that they have to do but it's about being your true self or something maybe they gotta you know post something or whatever but yeah okay we'll chat about it we'll we'll chat about it so you guys definitely plug into the both of us and stay tuned for what we um come up with if you're interested if you're listening to the show for the first time 
definitely go back, check out past episodes at natashaweston.com slash podcast. Connect with Fahani and I online. Um, you know, let us know what you think about today's episode and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Table Talk with Toddy podcast. This episode has been brought to you by our sponsor, Tot Spot Productions. Be sure to visit NatashaWeston.com to join the conversation, read the blog, and discover more content. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to the Apple Podcasts or Google Play app and subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until next time.